If motion graphics is the process of producing graphics and moving them in time and space to accomplish a purpose or tell a story, what's involved in the process? I don't know. But in this episode, 2236, Bill and Sean Johnston, the CG Bros, will be doing a deep dive into this subject when they answer the commonly asked question, how is CGI used to create motion graphics? On the CG Bros CG Insider Podcast. Welcome to this edition of the CG Insider Podcast. If you're a new listener to our podcast, it's really great to see you. And if you're a returning listener... A fan of the CG Bros, welcome back. It's great to see you again uh, in this episode of the CG Insider Podcast. The CG Bros will be answering another intriguing question submitted to our Ask Us Anything page at thecgbros.com by Bradley C. from Bremerton, Washington. And Bradley asks CG Bros, how is CGI used to create motion graphics? Great question. By the end of the chat today, you'll learn some interesting things about motion graphics. Not only exactly what they are, but also some brief history about uh, when it started as well as uh, how it's used so prolifically today. Stay to the end where we'll show you some of our favorite motion graphic video clips. You don't want to miss that. I'm Sean Johnston, a professional CG artist and animator in the video game industry with uh, over 28 years of experience. Uh, I have a broad background in creating 3D animation, including pre-visualization, VFX and cinematic sequences for PC and console game trailers, as well as in-game cutscenes. Today, um, I am a full-time animation director. I'm Bill Johnston, a CG industry veteran, and I specialize in CGI 3D animation and digital VFX, and I've got uh, over 23 years experience as well. And uh, I like creating uh, cinematic digital effects animation uh, projects for industry leaders like Activision, Blizzard, and Sony Computer Entertainment, and folks like that. Uh, enough about us. Uh, we are the hosts of your edition of the CG Insider Podcast. Let's get to Bradley's question. Uh, so, how are uh, how is CGI used to create motion graphics? I thought we'd start off, Sean, maybe with t- just kind of a brief talk about you know exactly what are motion graphics. You know, absolutely. Uh, for, so, for, well, go ahead. Uh, yes, and they're well, basically, motion graphics in a nutshell uh, is any graphics that's uh, using technology to create an illusion of motion. Um, transformation or rotation in order to communicate messages through video or uh, audio storytelling. Um, so that's that's the definition of it. Um, yes. And it's also, you know, it's used in films, obviously, video games, yeah. uh, animated text, uh, web-based animation you see on the web when you're navigating. Um, and so it's it's been around for quite a while. It's, it goes all the way back to the 1800s, actually, with uh, presentation flipbooks. Um, but... Uh, Oh, I'll get into a little bit more of uh, where um, I think the contemporary version of what, what actually motion graphics are and who I believe uh, invented that. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say motion graphics is, is animation, uh, just to be clear about that. And it, it features generally and primar- primarily shapes and objects or, or, and text uh, that's basically set into motion. And I've got a, just a few examples from uh, one of the Envato videos, uh, and they sell motion graphics and that's part of their elements collection but uh, they've really got some great great stuff here just as an example of different types of you know how how, what a vast uh you know subject motion graphics is and how how wide the style i mean it can be it's such a great great uh medium for for artists to work in because you can just do so many different types of of uh you know expressions with it uh it's it's pretty amazing and and uh 
you know, especially gra- you know, abstract things, using abstracts. It's, it's, it's particularly good for, you, for doing that type of abstract design and, and development. Yes, and you, you, know, you, you can use it uh, for animated logos, uh, educational or explainer videos, uh, promotional videos, of course, music videos. You see them every single day. And when I, when I said prolific, you do see it everywhere now. And, uh, you know, it de- wasn't always digital either. It, it actually uh, started in, um, at least in the analog uh, industry, computer industry. Um, so there was actually um, a man named Lee Harrison, and I have a little video if you can pin me, which invented um, a device that was an analog computer called Scanimate. And in this video here, it shows the, a little bit of, of the actual uh, device itself with the hardware where you're plugging in different, uh, uh, basically plugs that allow you to oscillate the signal uh, and it was what's really beautiful about it is it was real time and it was uh, the things that you notice about, for example, when you see the 70s or 80s and you see movies and things like that, you go, how did they get that look and feel? But this is they use a Scanimate. In fact, this particular machine, if you saw anything between basically 1975 and the, the mid 80s, anything, for example, like CBS Sports, uh, NBC, um, in fact, you saw that in, in Sesame Street, Monday Night Football, uh, in fact, Star Wars, uh, you saw that the tactical display in the Death Star War Room, they used the Scanimate, and that's, it has a unique feel. It actually, they're recording on top of a, a monitor, so they're using a, an actual camera, like video camera, and they're, they're outputting it into a CRT screen, and you're re-recording it, and you're getting all this bloom and all this weird digital artifacts, not digital, but artifacts. Um, and uh, it, it, that's why it's got that, that really warm, kind of a uh, distorted, non-clean computer-made uh, video. Uh, and I think, uh, and you try and replicate that. Um, there's a guy, uh, I forgot his name, uh, one of the main guys at Grayscale uh, Gorilla. He actually in, in, interviewed some of the two guys. One of the guys... His name, I believe, is uh, Dave Sieg. He's an engineer. He, only, he owns like the last, he has one functioning and one uh, non-functioning, I believe, the last two Scanimate machines. And he, he keeps those things going. And uh, he actually went in there and talked to these guys. And there's a video, I believe, of Vox where they're explaining he, wanted, he was doing all these effects and he couldn't get it to look like the 70s and 80s look and he went and, and interviewed these guys and he was able to do that with his logo and he was just blown away how amazing it looked so pretty pretty yeah, cool stuff you guys would say what's interesting about some of what you're showing here is uh it, it's it, it was the most it was it was a, it, it was a revolution really in in graphical uh, displays i mean just i mean you were talking about uh you know companies that have this i mean the sports sports broadcasters are really huge into this machine i, I believe as well right yeah they they were using them for all the the football the the baseball everything you saw is basically you saw even this earth wind and fire video i'm showing in the background here used it for all of the digital digital I keep saying digital all of the the uh, the effects that you would see in the video screen. Um, and, well, that's and why they, they look so good is because they're analog effects. Yeah, right? and they just, they're, yeah, they're continuous, just like a, an album uh, that you would say. There's no digital sampling that's going on. And it just, it has that uniquely beautiful look. In fact, this guy was talking at one of the artists uh, that was actually working on the Scanimate machine, uh, Roy Weinstock. He was talking about how uh, clients would come in and say, oh, we want our logo animated. 
using your Scanimate machine. And so they would plug in all these different things and you know, tweak these knobs here and there and, and try and get it to, to where the guy liked it with colors and everything else. And then all of a sudden they'd, they'd go and leave and the next day they'd come back and say, you know, I, can, you, can you tweak this and add this thing back? But I really like the way that looked. And the guy goes basically, hey, we can't do this again. Um, we, yeah, it is it what all, it is. It was all I mean, taken live. Yeah. Every single time you do it, it changes. It's slightly different. Um, that's, that was the beauty of that. But then also, you know, you, and then they also had the, what you were showing earlier, or actually what, it, what I showed in the video, where they're plugging these different um, oscillating things in to, to, to get these little knobs going. They would actually, um, uh, th those are the things that actually allowed you to change those signals and, and make them warp all over the place. And um, so... Uh, kind of like yeah. early early Moog synthesizers. Exactly. Very, very. That's the analogy. Yeah, that's that's exactly what it was. Very, very similar to that. And that's one of the really cool things about uh, you know you the invention of this that. this and uh, other things like it is 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 just the, the motion graphics. It it took the static. I mean, everything prior to that, unless it was claymation or or two D animation, uh, was a static image and or, or an animated static image where you can you know, kind of zoom in or zoom around a static image photograph or something like that uh so you know motion graphics really just takes takes that to another level and provides you know motion and and that that really allows you to to you know tell a story or, or express some kind of specific narrative and that's that's really the power of motion graphics so, you know if you if you want to you know have bars in your graph rise up for for you know more impact in your presentations, or or you want to have your logo spin around on your website, you know that's all motion graphics, and so um, it, it was just a it's just a, a, a and the technology has really come pretty far. But you know we'll, we'll get into that in, in just a few minutes. But uh, I'll tell you, uh, uh, you know motion graphics includes basically everything from you know two D animation to all the way to claymation, and 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 you know with the invention of of technology like what, Sean, what you just showed, it, it just continues to to push the boundaries and and uh, it's, an, it's an amazing like i said before just an amazing medium to be working in right and that that uh that that scanimate machine was basically the the first time that you could actually move text across the screen um i don't know if i showed the the actual hbo uh identification logo that uh our ident that they made for hbo back in 1975 but they used a a scanimate machine everything you're seeing here on the screen right now is showing you exactly what they did. They could, they could, uh, you know, basically take a picture of it, bring it into the um, computer, and then they would go ahead and, or not computer, into the analog computer. Oh yeah, analog computer, and yeah. and go ahead and, and just kind of isolate it, almost like green screen it in a way, and 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 um, allow you to manipulate it and hue shift it. Um, and if, to me, it's it's amazing they could. I know they had a. They actually showed a, almost like a Bible that they had that they were using. Where they would write down exactly all um, how they plugged in this particular, uh, you know, uh, cord into here, and they adjusted the dial here. Um, just do this, and you can get the stars in the background to go this direction. Like presets, or that, like yeah. presets. Yeah, and so you could do things like move the move uh, the text across the screen to the left or to the right, and separate the text, or you can have it go back basically into the screen in in, in the Z orientation or Z um, depth. Um, so you could have that. So it, it was, it was really, uh, I don't like to belabor it, belabor it, but it, wow, it was just very fascinating to, uh, to see this and it's, it's just a beautiful thing. I love yes, it. And the, one of the amazing things about what you're, what you're showing there is that, that the equipment, I mean, to do that costs hundreds of thousands of dollars. I mean, it wasn't cheap stuff. I mean, they, they, these, the equipment to do this weren't, they weren't 
you know, at every TV studio and every production studio around. I mean, there were rare pieces of equipment that could do that. Yeah, I don't actually know how much. I don't, I don't know if they're like the like a mainframe computer cost. I don't know if it was that much, but um, you know, I, I would have to look it up to see exactly how much that cost. But uh, I don't know. If well, it was, I mean, it, yeah, you needed you needed high end equipment usually to do most of that stuff. And and I remember when they you know talking about history of of, of motion graphics, uh, the video toaster. Uh, oh, was that was something amazing. that really came across our radar in a big way, didn't it? Yeah, that was well. That was in the digital age, so yeah, that that basically all the digital stuff replaced all the analog computers, and, and I think because of the fact that people were like, oh gosh, I don't like the the fact that they're so everything's so blurry and and it's and it's so blown out, you know, it has these halos around everything. I, I want it to be clean. I want it to be you know pristine, everything crisp, you know, lines perfect. I think that's kind of why. Well, a lot of it, plus the control, and plus you know, original the term plug-in actually came in from the Scanimate machine, where they're plugging in all these different things to get what you wanted. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, no, a little no, trivia. That was, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, <laughs> no, that makes sense though. You know, and and what I what I really liked about the video toaster was that you could you could do over you know text overlays. It was one of the first you know things. Well, at least from a, a production standpoint, that was consumer quote consumer level, but it allowed you to you know switch between different cameras and, and overlay the graphics like I just mentioned on top of your videos. And even it even came with a version of of, of uh, Lightwave that you could you could do three D animated graphics, which was which was you know what was my interest and really got me hooked in in computer graphics. Uh, you know, in the first place, actually. Yeah, me too. I think that's uh, one of the times where it was like the, the beginnings of, you know, the things that we started to love and started to see that we were able to actually produce uh, without having a, a mainframe computer uh, at that time. So I don't know exactly if you guys know uh, what the cost of that is. Let, let us know in the comments. I'd really like to know what the original cost of that Scanimate machine was. Well, and the nice thing about the new tech, uh, you know, the video toaster was uh, that it cost, you know, I think it was like $4,000, seven, maybe $7,000 at the time, and it came down to 4000 But, I mean, it gave you that, that professional level, quote, video, you know, professional, quote, unquote, video equipment um, that, that you need. And I think we even, you know, we went up to Hollywood, uh, to the Hollywood Wax Museum. Uh, do you remember that? And I do. Was that Kiki? The, Kiki. Yes, uh, exactly. To see the new tech uh, presentation up there and... And see the Hollywood star, you know, the cameos by a lot of Hollywood personalities, and you know, it was very interesting. I mean, that 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 really got me. I mean, that when I saw the power of that, that really got. I, I said to myself, I can do this on my own, and that was that was a, a turning point in my life. I, I think for you know just understanding what was capable at at, at such a, a consumer level. Yes, and just to reiterate one more time about the the, the Scanimate machine, Stranger Things. This you you watch Stranger Things and you go wow that that has the same kind of similar feel doesn't it? Well there there was a video um, that I got mm -hmm. online if you can pin me here where they actually they wanted to go back and get that the the directors wanted to get that same feel of of like seventies eighties look and so they kind of uh, looked at the different fonts they were using in Stephen King novels and all the the, the uh, novels for that time and they wanted to get that kind of same feel. And so they ended up doing um, something very, very similar where um, they actually, this, this particular guy, uh, Ed, who uh, I forgot his last name, uh, was one of the guys who developed the font that they ended up using. I believe that was also the, that Stephen King's novels were using. But they shined a flashlight through the film to get kind of a, a really neat look that you would normally see. Um, so it's got that real non-digital look and kind of dirty on the, around the edges. Um, I thought this is really, really cool. Actually, this was actually Vox put this one out. So 
Uh, it's online. You should check it out. I'll try and uh, put, we'll put a, a link to it in there so you can watch the entire thing where they're just explaining how they actually came up with the, the letters that actually come together uh, for the title of Stranger Things. But they wanted that look. I mean, it's, it's hard to get, but uh, they did it. They pulled it off. And you get, you get that feeling at the starting of the show, too. You know, that's, that's one of the big appeals of, of motion graphics is, is the visual style. And it's, it's one of the real powers of motion graphics because you can, you, you can choose whatever style you want, which, you know, motion graphics can appeal to a wide uh, range of viewers that way. Um, you know, a lot of people think that, you know, cartoons come across as too childish or, or you know, for a form, formal business or something. But I'll tell you what, so, you know, motion graphics that are cute and have a fun style uh, are, 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 you know, you've, you can see that, those all over the place. And they actually are using them to, to handle like mature topics these days and, maybe, you know, venture into places they probably shouldn't. But they're using cartoon <laughs> explainer videos to do it. It's a really interesting uh phenomenon yes and you showed earlier uh in vada where you can basically buy pre-made motion graphics of all kinds this particular video in the background that uh, part of what bill was showing earlier is this thing you know what's what's contemporary today well people want to have the retro vintage look too so they have that ability uh at at the envato store to have those where you can just plug in and get that vintage look you can um, you know, design, design your own style um, and embed, embed, you know, basically their plugins um, or their, their pre-made templates and just add your own text, um, add your own pictures. Um, a lot of the techniques that they're using now, uh, for example, uh, in, that, in those packs that they sell, it's kinetic type typography. Basically, that's a, a, a major component of motion graphics. Um, and it, it, it basically... What are you using it for? You're, you're trying to tell some type of a story and trying to get some type of a feel, uh, you know, giving that emotional content even to your, your, um, the person you're trying to show it to, whoever that is. It, and that, that's kind of why it's important to get all of these, um, uh, you know, get, actually using it, uh, getting it from Envato, I think is probably a, one of the faster ways to do it. Or you can learn by either using uh, Cinema 4D or Maya or some of those major programs uh, that you can get out there right now and, and, and make your own. And in fact, Maya uh, only had it, only had motion graphics ability. Um, they had, a, I believe, a uh, extension in 2016, but 2017 is when it, they actually have an actual package that comes with Maya that you can actually create your own motion graphics with. I don't know if you knew that, Bill. Yeah, yeah, it's called MASH. You know, it's a nice little, little, kind of little menu set that they've got in there that allows you to kind of do some really great computer graphics. Uh, right motion graphics as well yeah. right i mean yeah. normally you think you know after effects or um you know maybe some type of you know using photoshop and illustrator and stuff to, to animate across uh your screen uh, but the, or even lightwave like you're saying i think uh lightwave's still around i mean obviously uh, I, I haven't used it in such a long period of time it's kind of kind of fallen back um, because autodesk is such a, a big player in, in that industry but i'm looking forward to seeing how blender in, in the future is going to be uh, addressing that i haven't even checked out whether how, how well their uh their motion graphics uh using it for motion graphics have you seen anything in, uh, about blender at all uh, blender has some pretty nice procedural tools that you could do some great motion graphics with i mean you mentioned uh, after effects that's a great 2d or two and a half d solution and they uh, they even have 3d effects that you can use within after effects and uh, there's a, a, even a really great plugin that for After Effects. That, that, that there's even a standalone version of it called Element 3D, which is used extensively to do some really amazing 3D graphical uh, 
art artistry. Um, you know, you, Blender. You know, you mentioned Blender. Uh, Cinema 4D though is is probably the the, the leader as far as motion graphics. Uh, you know, uh, think, imagery is concerned, um, as well as Houdini. But Cinema 4D is is a very very strong. Yes, I, b- I believe those are pretty much all of the the main main programs you can be using to do those you know your storytelling or depending on what you're doing you know explainer videos marketing pieces things like that um and it's it's uh they've also got things you know where they have where they do a lot of liquid motion i think that's kind of some of the my favorite thing is seeing everything in in liquid form where basically it's got this watery like consistency and quality to it um you know waves and ebbs and flows um Kind of psychedelic art uh, with that with that uh, added on top of that. Um, there's also, uh, like I was saying uh, before about retro and vintage, but then they also have grain effects and textures, and then they've also um, got uh, just just go check it out. I mean, they've got a lot a lot of things, even glitch, where they basically just you know make distortion and digital noise in your in the actual video signal itself. Um, so it, I think that's super super popular today is that glitchy looking thing that you you see. In a lot of videos, yeah, digital digital glitch. You mean? Yeah, digital glitch. Yep, yep. It's uh, it's it's uh, used a lot. I think in a lot of uh, you know, uh, videos for music videos uh, and things like that. And there's you know, basically a lot of, a lot of and, commercials. What's that? A lot of commercials use <laughs> use this, this style, and it's and we talked about yeah, the visual style. It it, it appeals to such a there's so many visual styles that can be d- depicted through motion graphics that you know it appeals to just about everyone. I agree. I agree. And you know, one of the other real strengths of motion graphics that we just want to touch on a little bit was just, I mean, it it, it illustrates you know complex ideas visually in a really uh, great and simple way. Uh, it, uh, you know, uh, I mean, when you think about it for a second, you know, when you're trying to explain something, you know, a clear, you know, that's very very complex, it's really a picture speaks, you know, is a thousand words really, and it so is. a video is you know a million words if you want to put it that way. Right, I'm, I, I, I've been just kind of playing this in the background, just looking at it. Uh, just, it's, it's, it's basically endless. It's just an endless uh, creativity tool that you can use. Um, in fact, there's a lot of, lot of uh, artists out there that are doing freelance. And, I mean, the average, I think the average, basically, I was reading that uh, according to Zippa.com, uh, the uh, average salary, I believe, is 84000 uh, for a motion graphic artist, uh, and I believe the median is about 67, 67k. Um, but uh, some of the main companies right now that are that are looking that use uh, actually pay the probably some of the best is Amazon. Believe it or not, uh, their average salary for motion graphics is right around 103,000. Um, so there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, need for it. Um, so it's, it's a great uh, great CGI uh, industry to be in part of it exactly yeah i was gonna say that that's that's very true and you know if you're don't be intimidated by some of these packages too if you want to create your own motion graphics there's there's you know some of the software we've talking about they they do all have pretty steep learning curves and especially if you're going to the 3d side of things like you know if you're using maya or cinema 4d or or even uh houdini for that matter they can create some incredible incredible graphics even doing simulations like you said shot fluid and liquid type simulations um Or even particle simulations, like you're seeing here, just some some really nice stuff. That that's going to take some time. You're not going to be able to get this in Envato, uh, stuff like this. So, um, you know, and, and I would recommend if you're just starting out, you know, something for be- beginners would be Adobe Animate. 
that's that's a pretty nice little package just to get started doing some motion graphics and, and kind of understanding uh, you know the, the ins and outs of, of setting up your projects and stuff and and the Envato plugins is, is like uh, Sean you mentioned is a great place to start because you can break those projects down and really you know backwards engineer them and really see how that stuff is put together yes and if you want to go to motionographer.com uh, that's that's basically an all-volunteer organization uh, run by professional artists and designers and directors and you can get uh, inspired and learn there and they've got a lot of a lot of uh, stuff there for you to check out um, just the real quick in the background some of my favorite uh, motion graphic artists out there. Uh, Wusong Kang, he's an art director, motion designer uh, out of LA. His, this is his work back here. Really, really cool stuff. I love when they use the, the 3D part of it too. I love when they do motion graphics using 3D. Um, Nails Prayer is another one. He's a French director. Uh, some of his stuff right here in the background. He's, a, he's an amazing uh, artist as well. Uh, he, his stuff is just very, very beautiful. A lot of 3D. I tend to like that, I think, better than the 2D stuff. I don't know why. I don't. I, I just not not one of my favorites. Just something that appeals to me. Seeing things in 3D, and then uh, the last one is Ash Ash Thorpe. He he's uh, another uh, fantastic artist. He actually did a lot of graphics, uh, the UI interface. We didn't even talk about UI, did we? Uh, a lot of the graphic uh, feature. No, I films. think that's the subject of a future podcast. Though. Okay, well I won't talk, <laughs> but but it's also considered motion graphics too. So you see a lot of that stuff. And uh, Ash Thorpe was a. a uh, a freelance art director, designer, illustrator, and he did, worked on Ender's Game, Total Recall, and Call of Duty Black Ops, and he's one of my favorite ones as well. So this is just an Ender's Game. Some stuff he's working on for that. Really, really yes, beautiful. Yes, and, and, and a couple uh, stragglers that we would just want to give some some mention to. There's you know Unity. You can do some really great uh, stuff with Unity. Uh, Power Tunes, another great uh, user-friendly uh, piece of animation software, uh, as well as... A, a, Crello. You can even use Crello to do some pretty nice, nice motion graphics. But again, the the typically the more advanced stuff is going to cost you a little bit more, and that, that that's that's just the way of life, unfortunately. <laughs> right, right. Well, you know, we uh, really had fun answering Bradley's question today. How is CGI used to create motion graphics? And we hope you learned something that you didn't know uh, along the way. It's always important to learn something new every day, or at least once a month, uh, whether you need to or not. Uh, we enjoyed our conversation. Hope you did too. And if you did, please share it around with some of your friends. That really helps us out. As well as hit the like button too because it, it helps YouTube find other uh, folks like yourself who are interested in CGI and VFX related stuff that we talk about here on the CG Insider Podcast. And we just want to thank you again for being part of our podcast today and let you know that we do do them exclusively for you. And by the way, if you've got a subject you'd like us to discuss in one of our podcasts, let us know about it by going to our uh, website, thecgbills.com, to the About Us tab, and then on the Ask Us Anything drop down, just like Bradley did. We're always looking to improve our podcast and we'd like to know what you think. So please leave us a comment below. And if you do, uh, we will not guarantee it, but we may be reading your name and comment in one of our future podcasts. And in case you didn't know, we bring you a fresh new edition of the CG Insider right here every week. And we discuss all the things having to do with computer graphics, CGI animation, digital VFX, as well as other interesting and related topics. So also be sure to check out the CG Bros YouTube channel for your first prime front row seat for some amazing state-of-the-art CG short film entertainment created by some of the most talented new media producers and VFX studios out there today. Um, you can also see some breakdowns, behind-the-scenes make-ofs, and as well as some tutorials I think are on there too. So uh, we're looking to see forward to seeing you uh, next week. Uh, where we'll be answering another great fan question. Uh, how is AI affecting the creation of CGI? We'll see you here next week. Well, that's it for today. 
We sure hope you've enjoyed the CG Bros answer to the question, how is CGI used to create motion graphics? Thanks for being with us. If you watched us on YouTube and you enjoyed the experience, please hit the super thanks button where you can buy us a cup of coffee. Please give us a thumbs up too, and be sure to leave a comment because we might share it on a future podcast and give you a personal shout out by name. If you're not yet following us on our channel, please hit the subscribe button. Subscribing is free and ring the bell. So you'll be notified when we post our next podcast. Also, please share the video with your friends on social media. Oh, and uh, don't forget to tell all your friends that they too can enjoy the audio-only version on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Samsung Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Audible.com, and Stitcher. Here's a free bonus. If you'd like even more insider information delivered right to your inbox, subscribe to our free CG Insider monthly newsletter. Go to our website, thecgbros.com, and sign up. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Tumblr, and Instagram. And be sure not to miss the next episode when the CG Bros will answer the question, how is AI affecting the creation of CGI? This has been episode 2236 of the CG Bros CG Insider Podcast. See you next time.